Well, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Conversations with Josh Andrew. I'm super excited to jump into today's topic. Really going to be talking about something that that isn't left field for me if you know me, but it might be left field if you only listen to a few of our last episodes. Long story short, I, just as much as I have been in ministry, I have also been in the business world. I have been in the marketing space. I owned a marketing agency. I've been a creative director for multiple companies, now also working in the influencer space, working with over 200 creators and a $6 million budget. Really, all that to say, I have been in the business world just as much as I have been in the ministry space. And I'm a co-owner now of an app that we'll kind of jump into at the beginning just to kind of kind of give you an update on my life anyways. And then we'll kind of jump into some things that I've learned on the journey of being in the marketing world, owning a business and then working with businesses, some larger companies, some smaller companies, all that to say, I'm super excited for this episode. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for watching this on YouTube. If you can, make sure to like and subscribe on the channel. I think we're almost at seven or 80,000. Super, super cool. Thank you so much for listening to this. Seriously, it means the world to me. It is so much fun making content to add value to you. This is conversations. It's, I'm hoping that this is initiating conversations via the dinner table, but also as if you and I are at coffee, this is the things that I talk about all the time. So with that said, I, I'm now a co-owner of a brand called Involved. Involved Chat is really, our hope is to streamline and to make it easy as possible to onboard people to your church and to get them communicated to effectively as possible. There's obviously other platforms that have been invented for the business space like Slack. Our hope is not to be a competitor to the business space. We're really for churches and via our app, you can download it right now. You can make group chats. You can have specific onboarding places. You can have task management. There's a lot you can do. I calendar meetings right through that. So it's really taking Basecamp, Slack, and planning center all together and making one app as seamless as possible for you to be able to see how engaged your church is, how engaged your team is. And then on top of that, you can really see the bigger picture of your discipleship journey with people via seeing how engaged they are in their chats and all that. So all that to say, I've been in the space for a minute. I got a message this morning on Instagram and he said, Josh, I really love what you do. I, I want to do what you do. How do, how do I get involved in the social media space and the marketing space? And we're not really going to jump into that. This is some more just higher level philosophical observations I've made. But to answer that question, to answer that God who messaged me that I've, I've been in this space for a long time. So when you're in a space and work hard for a long time, it might look different. So when you see somebody who you might say is successful in their specific niche or space, instead of asking, I want to do what you do, you really need to ask two things, in my opinion. You need to ask and discover how they think, because if you can understand how somebody thinks, you can understand their roadmap or their pattern of how they got somewhere. Then also ask them, where did they start? Because you're not going to get to the NFL on day one. This started in peewee football, right? And there's a journey that we have to take no matter what space we're in. Even if you're in the church, you can't just week one, 18 years old, go, I'm going to be a lead pastor. Maybe you can. I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it. But 
here's some 10, 10 really observations that I've made in the marketing space and the business space that I think is relevant for you. Maybe you are in the business world. Maybe you want to start a business. Maybe you are in the church looking for a side hustle. These are some observations that I want to submit to you to make sure we're growing, we're innovating, we're being forward-thinking early adopters. With that being said, these are just 10 observations that I've made being in the business space, leading in the business space, owning a business, now being a part of multiple different businesses in the marketing and really higher level strategy. I'll just say that. So number one, always build with scalability in mind. So many people just try to get, well, I just recommend reading zero to one. That will help you. But people don't build scale in mind in, in their current system or their current business because one, they don't have the foresight or vision of what scale that is. Or they think that I just have to take baby steps in order to get to there. But whatever there is, you need to define that. And if you can't see that picture, you need to build it in your current scale, your current business model. You need to actually build those systems in place. Because what happens is when you get to whatever there is for you, it might be a million dollars of revenue a year, it might be a million followers, it might be whatever that is for you. If you don't build that in mind and establish the systems that you need to actually deliver that mission, you'll never get there or you'll get there and you won't know how to handle it and you'll fail. And I'm just submitting these to you to make sure that you know you don't have to fail and you can win, but you do need to build scale in mind. Scale in mind says, I see where we're going and I actually want to build in the foundation for when that happens. Don't take baby steps. Take baby steps, but also have scale in mind. That's what I'll say. So always build scalability in mind. Two, rebuilding online credibility after damaging your brand with bad marketing is time consuming. So instead of you starting with crappy graphics, with bad strategy, with a with a intern who doesn't know what they're doing, don't do it at all. Because a bad reputation is so much harder to rebuild than no reputation at all. And, and we, you've heard this a lot, right? Bad marketing or bad PR is still PR. Yes, I'm thinking more along the lines of when somebody sees you put in amateur effort into your marketing, they're not taking you serious. And there's already someone in the niche that you're probably trying to compete with that is doing it better than you. Therefore, why would they choose you? Stop making the bad Canva graphics. Stop making the cheesy stories or you're trying to get viral content as a business with bad videos. If you don't know what you're doing, ask somebody who knows what they're doing. And if you don't have the budget to pay them, don't make it a priority in your, in your current plan then. And again, you, you probably do have the finances. You probably do have the budget. You probably are just scared of giving away something that important. Therefore, find somebody that you trust or that you can build trust with and know that marketing is very important. It is the billboard. I mean, literally, but also the digital space. That is your brand. And for you to ruin credibility with bad content or a bad strategy, it's going to be a long time for you to reel that back in. I'm just submitting that to you. Do not hire 
just because they're less money, that doesn't mean that you're going to get bad results. I'm just going to say that. I've been in this space. I've hired bad people. They're not bad people. They just are bad at their job. And that's the reality. And they're probably great at something else. Or you're just not teaching them well enough. And again, it just kind of depends on where you're at in the business space. But online credibility, don't damage it. Don't comment like hate comments towards somebody when they don't like your post or they had a bad experience, just move on because bad credibility will damage your brand and it takes a long time to rebuild that. So three, a good product often requires minimal marketing. It's hilarious coming from a marketing guy, right? I've actually said if your product or service needs marketing, it's not good enough. And that definitely still is relevant in the church. If your church needs a six-year marketing strategy with a marketing team and you're depending on them to build your ministry, your ministry is not excellent enough and people aren't going to go. Same with the business world. If you're depending on your marketing team, again, there's a difference between having one and being dependent on it for your business growth. And it's different, obviously, but I would say 90% of you listening to this, you need to focus more on the service and the product excellence than your brand excellence initially. A brand excellence happens when your service and product is so good. Not just you saying that because we all think we have the best product or best service, right? Until somebody else looks at it from a thousand of you and says, this is horrible, dude. Like there's a reason why your numbers aren't coming in. It's because it's not good enough yet. And that's okay. Keep working at it. Keep building at it. Keep learning and growing. Don't give up. But the reality is, if you're just focusing on, man, if I post 10 reels a day about my business, maybe somebody will buy something on my store or maybe someone will buy my service. They're not going to buy it. They're not going to buy it because the service is not quality enough. Quality in the service and product space is a priority and should be, in my opinion. Consistency is essential for establishing online authority. I'm sure you know this. I'm sure you know consistency matters. You showing up every day matters. But in your online authority, I'm not just saying brand awareness. I'm saying authority. Like when somebody thinks about shoes right now and they're under 50 years old, they're going to say Nike. That's brand authority. That's not just saying brand awareness. Because if I ask you, hey, what's five brands that you could list in the shoe space? You could list them. That's saying there, there's a general awareness of a brand, but somebody has authority in that space. And for you to gain authority, in that vertical, you need to be consistent and consistently great. It's, it's no longer, it's 2023 right now. If you're listening to this in 10 years, I'm sure it's still relevant, but you need to be consistently great online. And you're consistently great online when you can ask yourself, why am I posting this? What is my social ambition? You should have a social ambition. All of your marketing team should know what your social ambition is for Involve. We want to educate church leaders and decision makers in the church on not just how to do something, why we should do something. So when all of our content speaks to the heart and the why of a church leader of why we should communicate effectively, why we should have task management, why we should have calendar integrations and help it be convenient as possible for somebody to onboard onto their team. When you educate them, they listen, but it doesn't happen overnight. We've been a brand for like two months online. It's going to happen in three years. And you have to be okay with the long-term plan of saying, I don't have authority in this space yet, but I will because I'm going to be the most consistent person and I'm going to put out the most consistent quality content. And quality, by the way, 
doesn't mean visually that it's like 4K video right now. All that's great. I think it's an important, it's probably 10% of your brand message. Your brand message happens, again, when your product and service is so great and there's density to your words. Many people online right now do not have density in their words. There's no wind to their words, is what I'd say. Therefore, nobody's listening to them and nobody finds them relevant. And that's kind of an aggressive way to put it, but I've just, I've had clients that only care about their image and they are blaming me for their account or their profile or whatever, not growing based on our team. And that's not the reality because the reality is you just don't have authority and you don't have density to your words, which probably indicates that's all symptoms. The source is you're regurgitating something you learned from somebody else, which means it's not actually yours, it's theirs. And that's probably why their account was growing or you're insecure. Insecure person is not going to grow online. Insecure person is not going to make it online, not going to probably make it in entre entrepreneur space more than two years. So consistency is essential. Five hiring decisions should prioritize a person's character over skills. Stop hiring highly qualified, skilled people with horrible character issues. And you can smell the character in the first interview. I guarantee you. The first coffee, the first Zoom call, the first phone call. Because you know, you can tell a person's character via those conversations, not out of, out of a judgmental way, but out of, I'm a Christian, so fruit inspection. How do I feel when I'm talking to this person? Do I feel big? Do I feel small? Do I feel insecure? Do I feel confident? Do I feel bold? Do I have to only share a glimpse of what I'm talking about because I, there's just like a trust factor? All that to say, higher character. Skills can be taught. Anything can be learned on YouTube, okay? They can learn it on YouTube. I'd rather have five people who have zero character issues and integrity than somebody who's really great at editing video but has horrible character flaws, which, by the way, always represents at their home life as well. You need to ask those questions, and it's not out of a judgmental way. It's protecting your family food on their table because they are going to affect your business one way or another. And when you do this, again, how are they treating their spouse? How do their kids talk about their dad or their mom? How do their kids talk about their last jobs? When daddy came home, he was angry all the time or upset all the time. Those things are indicators to me that somebody probably is not going to be a good fit. Might be a good fit somewhere else. Not going to be a good fit for me because I care about how you treat your spouse, how you treat your kids how your home life is, how your rest schedule is. All those things matter. Again, character over skills. Six, while important, the customer is not always right. The customer is not always right. I don't know what, how we got there. The customer is not always right. And I, I understand the, the nuance to that statement of we want to get to a point of agreement that the customer might be communicating something that we can learn from, okay? We'll learn from it, we'll pivot, we'll grow. But for a manager to jump over their employee and make sure the customer feels right, you're devaluing your person who you should probably protect over the customer, to be honest. That's my opinion. Again, these are just observations I'm submitting to you. But you need to take care of your team. When you take care of your team and you protect them, what ends up happening is they're more willing to sell, more willing to work harder, and trust you. So the customer is not always right. There are times where the customer is right, 
And in my opinion, how you handle that situation is you don't run over your employee or your manager or the person who is involved in that situation. You don't run over them and blame them. You take responsibility. It's your company. They don't carry that weight. They're doing a job. It's not their, it's not their weight. It's not their uh, responsibility to carry the weight of that. You take personal responsibility. Say, I'm so sorry. That's on me. We're going to learn. I'm going to have a conversation with our team collectively. Make it a team thing. Do not individual individualize that person and make them feel like they are a failure. They're not a failure. They might have made a mistake. They might have communicated something wrong. They might have had something going on in your home. And if you're doing your job as a leader, you know this. So you're protecting them. But the customer is not always right. They have moments of being right. And how you handle that is different than when they're wrong. Don't make them feel like they're a bad person or they're doing something wrong. But just know your employees are watching how you handle those situations because they're saying, does he really got my back? And for you to skip over them and run through them to that person instead of teaching them how to handle that situation so they in the future don't have to go to you, which then you're no longer, uh, you don't have a savior complex, you're a leader. They trust you, they work harder, and they're wanting to build with you long term. So the customer is not always right. Innovation stems from problem solving, not following trends. Don't be a trendsetter or don't be a trend follower. I'll say that. Sorry. Don't be a trend follower. Be a trendsetter. Be an early adopter. Only like 5% of the human population is early adopters. If you're listening to this, you probably, my majority is not. You're following trends versus creating trends. Don't, how, again, it's in, the, it's in the statement. You are early adopter when you problem solve. Oh, everyone on your team should be taught not to tr follow trends. Even in the marketing space, don't follow trends. Don't follow the stupid TikTok dances. Don't do that stuff. Be a problem solver. What are the problems in our vertical, in our, in our world that we need to solve? And when we solve those problems, don't be so quick to jump into solutions. Sit in the problem. Sit in it. Learn about it. Be an expert in the problem. And then, then you communicate it. That's how content stirs. When you have a problem in your heart that you go, I think we have the solution to this. I think we have a better version of this. I think we can curate something unimaginable to somebody who doesn't see what we see, but we see it and we're going to be the solution to that. That's how innovation comes. Innovation doesn't happen when you're a copycat. A pioneer always gets the arrow in the back. We know that. So just be willing to count the cost when it comes to being a pioneer in your space, whatever that is, because people will have opinions. People won't agree with you. People won't follow you. That's okay. They won't see it, but someday they will when they, when they see, oh my gosh, he was right. This happened to me in a context of, I was in Bible college. I left business school to go to Bible college and I was starting to make social media posts. I was starting to make content on social media about my, my beliefs and I was getting judgment from it. I was getting people going, hey, we don't do that. That's weird. We don't, we don't write long captions about Jesus. We don't write long captions about stuff. We don't make content. You, you seem very selfish. There's always, they're always pointing at a character flaw that might, might have a glimpse of truth, but it's not absolute truth. And I didn't listen to it. I was consistent. Now I'm getting messages. Hey, how do I do what you do? Okay, cool. Talked, keep that same energy eight to 10 years ago when we started this journey. So all that to say, if you want to be an innovator, you have to be a problem solver.
Number eight, building a strong online community is as valuable as a large customer base. You want to build a strong community online. Again, it takes consistency. It takes you doing the hard work. Comment back on people's comments. DM them back online. If you're a brand, there's no such thing as being too big to talk to the one person. If you're skipping that one person, you're saying, if I can skip one, I can skip 10. If I can skip 10, I'll skip 100. 100 customers would change your life. Therefore, communicate to the one, build a solid customer base online. Those are brand advocates and you build brand advocates through consistency and authority. It has to be both. You got to have authority in the space. You got to have consistency in the space. And building brand advocates, which is saying they're no longer, because someone goes from a loyal customer to a brand advocate, that's the difference. A loyal customer is saying, hey, it's local to me. I'm going to go to them. I'm loyal to them. But I'm not an advocate. An advocate is now telling their friends, bringing their coworkers, bringing their family, and making them be a part of whatever you're doing. The advocate is bringing people along the journey with them. A loyal person is just them. They're being loyal to you. They're not bringing other people with you. So bringing brand advocates in happens when you are consistently persistent with your loyal customers or your loyal community, whoever that is, and helping them be a part. And you got to paint the picture of how they can actually play a part because obviously not everyone's going to get paid. Not everyone's going to be an employee, but they can make a difference. And this, all that to say, it's, it's, it's not niche specific because you can do this in any space. I have a friend who owns an alcohol company. They have a discord of tens of thousands of people who just love the brand because it's a cool brand and they've been consistent and they have high authority in that space. The people get the the early drops of their merch, the early drops of the new flavors that are coming out in different stores or a new store announcement. And people are sharing their content. They're posting about it. They're excited about it because they've been consistent and they have brand advocacy. So building a strong online community is as valuable as a large customer base. Number nine, embracing failure as a learning opportunity leads to great success. We've heard this a thousand times, but embracing failure and willing to take risks is what's going to determine big success. I've never met somebody who's super successful. And by the way, you need to define what success means to you. I've never met somebody who has huge success that didn't make risks and fail fail hard, like fall on their face failures, not just like little things, but massive risks and massive fails. But they kept trying. The difference between somebody who is winning and successful and somebody who is not is the person who is not did not get back up and try again. Therefore, try again. It's so frustrating to hear that because you're in it and you go, Josh, you don't understand. No, I do understand because I've failed. I failed miserably in the business space, in the marketing space. I've gotten sued. I've been all that. I've been there. I've done that. And I've learned and I've kept trying. There's been times where I've wanted to quit. There's been times where I'm laying on my floor back in Omaha before Lexi and I were married, staring at a ceiling, literally so upset, so frustrated, depressed, going, why am I failing? And here I am today. That was probably five years ago. I'm still trying. I'm not an absolute expert. Do you have experience? And experience is saying, hey, I'm not willing to give up quite yet. 
if you're familiar with Rob O'Neill, Rob O'Neill was the one who was in the Navy SEALs, a part of the Osama bin Laden raid. And he, he talks about BUDS, and this helped me. He said, obviously, BUDS is the hardest training program of any military system on the world. It's almost nearly impossible. And he said, every day I had a goal, and my goal when I woke up was to get to lunch. And once lunch hit, my goal was to hit the dinner. And once dinner was done, my goal was to get to a bed. My bed was already made and already ready to go for that night's sleep so I can wake up and repeat the system. He always would say, don't quit today, quit tomorrow. And I'm going to submit that to you. Thank you, Rob, for communicating that. I think you're incredible. Don't quit today, quit tomorrow. And the person who doesn't quit today and quits tomorrow will be successful and will win no matter what they're doing. So don't quit today, quit. And if you quit tomorrow, which again, I'm not saying literally, don't put in your pink slip saying I quit tomorrow. What that means is they'll never give up. So embracing failure as a learning opportunity means greater success. You're not a failure, you just failed. You're not a mistake, you just made a mistake. Now get up, try again, learn from it and take it and run with it and use it as fuel to your fire. Use it as fuel. Somebody doesn't believe in you, cool. Move on. Use that as fuel. Don't say, I'm going to prove them wrong. Say, I'm going to prove myself right. Because when you prove yourself right, now you're not putting it against other people. Because you don't, you don't want to have your goals connected to other people's opinions. Other people's opinions will happen. They'll buy a byproduct of them putting it on you, their insecurities, their mistrust, or whatever. Last one here, and then we'll run through them again. Company culture shapes your brand's identity. You want to have a nice brand identity online. You want to have a nice brand identity uh, in your local space. Have a good company culture. And again, you need to define what culture means to you. But those are the things that are on a wall, are on your website, are on your HR sheet. Those are the things that truly are lived out through your team. Whether you have three people hired or 300, the things that people are literally doing is being shaped by you as the leader. And a leader's job is to shape culture. You're the CSO. You're the chief servant officer thinking about the culture of your team, the, the culture of your business, the culture of your whatever, church. You got to be willing to shape culture. And culture should be the number one priority of your company, regardless if you have been in business for one day or 100 years. Culture is everything. What is the famous quote? It might be John Maxwell. He is usually what everyone quotes in the leadership space. But culture eats systems for breakfast. It does. Culture trumps it. Culture shakes it. Culture is everything. And when we're willing to negotiate on the things that we've all agreed upon, the shared values, as a slippery slope for failure as a company. Sure, this is who we are. This is who we're not. This is who we're going to be. This is who we're not going to be. This is who I'm going to be because usually the culture of your business or your church is a mirror of your heart and your insecurities and insecurities. So focus on company culture. That will shape your brand identity. You want a nice brand identity. You want a nice brand message online. Take care of yourself. Take care of your personal development, your company development. And all that to say, I'm just one guy who's been in the business space for a little bit and I'm just submitting some things to you. Again, these are not 10 absolute truths for you to change your life. I think they might. I think it might change your business. I might try and change your online profile, your personal 
profiles if you're looking to gain that. I've worked with I've worked with over 200 businesses in the past eight years of my life. I started out with one company, a produce company. They literally sold produce like corn, beans, watermelon, whatever. I got paid $200 a month to shoot all of their content, to edit all their content, to post all their content, to write all the captions for it, all of it. Their whole brand identity for $200 a month. That's what you spend at Starbucks. That's one sixteenth of most of our most of our rent. All that to say, I was willing to do it. I didn't have a problem with it. I thought in, in that moment, I'm getting paid to do what I love. How cool is that? So maybe you're a YouTuber and you have a hundred YouTube subscribers, and somebody offers you a hundred dollars to a brand deal. Take it. Be excited about it and think, man, I am getting paid to do what I love. And for that to happen, you need to know what you love and what you want to do. And um, there's a whole discovery process of that. That's not what I'm talking about. These are this episode, I hope, added value to you as a listener, as a content creator, as an influencer, as a podcaster, as a business owner, church leader, whoever you are, you can learn from these 10 things because you are a person in progress just as much as I am. And this all stirred from again, somebody messaged me this morning and asked me, hey, I love doing social media. I'm a content creator. How do I turn this into a business? Well, you turn it into a business when you learn how to solve someone else's problem. And we don't have time for that, but the super easy roadmap to that is get super, super good at asking questions and discovery. If you're good at discovery, you're good at sales. Discovery means I want to learn everything about your business, everything you're doing currently, everything you want to do. Get obsessed with discovery. And in that system, you will find gaps that you might be able to plug into, or you might have friends or people that you can plug them into. That's how you build an online business for a different day. This is just, again, some simple observations that I've made in my journey of being in the business space, the marketing space, as a creative director, as a marketing person, as a social, any, any role in that space, I've probably done it. And it's all, I didn't go to college for it. I literally just learned on my own through mistakes and failures and not giving so end with this. Don't quit today, quit tomorrow. If you don't quit today, you win. If you win your day, if you win your morning, if you win your afternoon, I promise you in 10 years, you will look back and say, thankful I didn't give up. Because if you don't give up, you win. That's success. Success says, I'm not going to give up. My parents might not believe in me. My friends might not believe in the vision I have. But if you're a believer, you got to trust in God's vision for your life and got to know man, there's something bigger in store for me in the future. I truly believe that. The best is yet to come in your life. I appreciate you so much. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this. If you can, please subscribe to this channel. If you're listening to this via Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Amazon, wherever, thank you so much. Leave a rating if you can, if you love it. If you don't, you can email me. Just kidding. All right, well, have a good week. We'll see you next time.